Doug Tyrrell History and Comment is available weekdays on iHeartRadio. Hello friends, I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Wednesday, the third day of August 2022. The morning's news feed is complete with youngsters and back-to-school photos. I'm old and I realize that home life has changed, but summer was Memorial Day to nearly Labor Day. If you had a school day before Labor Day, it was just to get organized and things start in earnest after the three-day weekend. The only things happening the 1st of August was football practice. I'm told that has been watered down too. We are evolving towards year-round school a few days at a time. If all the kids are doing is sitting in front of a device of some nature, that's one discussion. But learning is not confined to the classroom. Sadly, young people have been isolated from the workplace in much the same way society as a whole has been removed from food production and farms. It's not a good thing. Christopher Columbus and his three small ships set sail from Spain on a voyage to the west in 1492. Folks really knew the world was round, and there had been calculations that were remarkably close to the actual diameter. They just had not put together the idea that a large landmass might lay to the west. Part of the issue was early calculations used different units of measure. While the assumptions were correct, the calculations were significantly off. Columbus estimated the distance from the Canary Islands to Japan at 2,400 miles, when in fact it's closer to 12,000. Ten weeks into the voyage, his crew was on the verge of mutiny when they sighted land, which today is known as the Bahamas. French explorer Robert LaSalle builds the first known ship on the Great Lakes, the Le Griffin, in 1679. The sailing ship traversed the Great Lakes, going places that had only seen canoes. Unfortunately, the ship did not survive her maiden voyage. Built near present-day Niagara, New York, she sailed as far as Lake Michigan. There, LaSalle sent her back east with a partial crew. She was lost somewhere near Green Bay. Inventor Elisha Otis is born in 1811. We can thank him for the safety elevator. 1829, the Seneca and Shawnee tribes in Ohio signed a treaty exchanging land in Ohio for land west of the Mississippi River. This was a common practice, but was essentially sweeping the problem under the rug. Maybe in 1829, no one foresaw the westward expansion that would be just two or three decades in the future. There should have been some thought to incorporating the native population into the United States, and actually some of the eastern tribes were moving in that direction. 1900, the Firestone Tire and Rubber Company is founded to make solid rubber tires for fire apparatus. They will quickly expand into the market for the newly emerging automobile. While Firestone is making tires, future newspaper journalist Ernie Pyle was born in west-central Indiana. Pyle's father was a tenant farmer at the time, and Ernie was an only child. This younger Pyle took little interest in farming, preferring a more wide-ranging pursuits. He will attend the University of Illinois and Indiana University. He wanted to be a journalist, but IU did not offer that degree in the 1920s. After college, he landed a newspaper job. His writing style was folksy but well-liked. From the mid-30s, he and his wife traveled the country writing a column for the Scripps Howard newspapers. When World War II broke out, Pyle traveled to Europe as a war correspondent. After a rest period back in the States, he went to the Pacific to cover the war there. He was killed in action in the spring of 1945. Pyle's style was more human interest than hard news. It won him the admiration of everyone from the common infantry soldier to General Eisenhower, Eleanor Roosevelt, and President Truman. 
Singer Tony Bennett is 96 today. Part of a bygone era, Bennett was popular in the 50s and 60s, scoring 20 Grammys and selling over 50 million records. Jesse Owens wins the first of four gold medals in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. This was a total affront to Adolf Hitler's plan for the Games to highlight his Aryan race. Owens was a black American. Actor Martin Sheen is 82. Martha Stewart is 81 today. A bit local and a bit national, the world's first themed amusement park opens in rural southern Indiana in 1946. Evansville, Indiana businessman Lewis Cook saw the frustration when folks visiting the town of Santa Claus, Indiana, found there was no Santa Claus. He set out to remedy that problem, but was delayed by World War II. Santa Claus Land opened with a Santa Claus, a toy shop, restaurant, and children's themed ride, including the live steam railroad that will operate until 2012. The park is now known as Holiday World. It's still privately owned by the Cook family. The USS Nautilus completes the first submerged transit of the North Pole in 1958. The Nautilus was the first nuclear submarine. Without reliance on diesel engines or batteries, the Nautilus could stay submerged for days. It almost seems laughable, but the world's first mass-produced personal computer was announced on this day in 1977. The Tandy Radio Shack TRS-80 Crude by today's standards, it was a major milestone. The first two versions used cassette tapes for data storage. Programs were usually mathematical calculations and were written in BASIC. My first college-level computer class was on a TRS-80. If you think the TRS-80 is old-time, it shares a birthday with football quarterback Tom Brady. Brady, at 45, is slated to play the 22 season. Where he's at on the list of oldest NFL players will depend on completing this season, but it's somewhere around fifth. The four ahead of him are all place kickers. The pedestal of the Statue of Liberty reopens to the public in 2004, almost three years after the September 11 attacks. That's history and comment for the third day of August. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.